0: Hey y'all, my name is Teresa Wellborn, and I'm coming to you from a fabulous community called University United Methodist Church. Some of you might be church people, and let's be honest, some of you listening might be a little frightened of us church people. I think I get that. I'll tell you, among the fabulous things about the church I get to be a part of is the people here, they know that the church doesn't always get it right. And as a pastor, I admit that we've caused harm at times whenever we make people feel unwelcome because of who they are or because of who they love or because of their beliefs. Sometimes it's because of their doubts and their questions. If you've ever been made to feel unwelcomed and unloved, I'm so sorry and I hope, I hope that you get to be a part of a community like University UMC that makes you feel loved and welcomed. Here at University UMC, we keep Before us, this vision of a beloved community where all are welcome, all, no exceptions. And the fact that we don't always get it right is precisely why we need each other. People who show up for each other when there are hard things, people who take time out of their weekend to serve meals to hungry people. I'm telling you, I get to see every week people here who are co-creators with God, co-creating that beloved community. And listeners, I think, I know, I I think you're a part of that too. It's an amazing thing. And it's also hard because, you know, life and the never-ending bad news stories out there, that's another reason I need community to be reminded of the good news in the midst of it all. That through God's grace, the worst things don't have to be the last things. That by participating in a simple act of kindness, how that can renew our hope in the things and the people of this world. Have you ever felt that? I know you have. That through worship and study and sharing, a seemingly simple word of life can be a game changer in an otherwise difficult week. Have you ever experienced that? The words, words like a good quote or a favorite scripture passage, a story or a poem, like you take in those words You hear them read or you read them yourselves and your day is better. Or maybe sometimes not necessarily better in the everything is hunky-dory kind of way. But you know better because you feel like your soul's been tended to. Or maybe it's that miraculous sense of feeling one with the universe in a way that is both painful and beautiful. I'll tell you, one of the things we pastors do It's just this pastor thing we do at the end of a worship service. We give a benediction, words that bless and send people forth. And somewhere along the way, for some reason, I don't know where I picked it up. I I started saying, take these words with you. As if I wanted to drop some words of hope and love into these people before they leave the building, these people, most of them that I likely wouldn't see again until the next worship service and no telling what all they had to carry that week in between. And I feel like that's kind of what I want to do here for you, listener. I'll be here with you each day, bringing you a word that I've stumbled across in some of my readings, a word that might hold you a bit as you carry all the things in your full life that is like our world, both painful and beautiful. I'm glad we're here together. Take these words. Today, words by Native Americans. Here in the United States, it's true that some people do still recognize Columbus Day, But in our learning, many of us have come to observe Indigenous Peoples' Day instead. The first state to rename Columbus Day was South Dakota in 1990. I remember myself being in grade school and being taught that song. In 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. But of course, we know that Columbus did not discover America. Rather, we know that Indigenous Peoples have populated the Western Hemisphere for tens of thousands of years. The so-called discovery by foreigners from Europe resulted in tragic loss, loss of life, tradition, and land. The loss is overwhelming, and we must remember, learn, and never fall into complacency. Today I'm going to share with you a poem, and then close with a scripture from the Gospel of John. First, a poem by Linda Hogan. Linda is a Chickasaw novelist, essayist, and environmentalist. She was born in Denver, Colorado, and this is her poem entitled, Trail of Tears, Our Removal. With lines unseen, the land was broken. When surveyors came, we knew what the prophet had said was true. This land with unseen lines would be taken. So... You who live there now, don't forget to love it. Thank it. The place that was once our forest, our ponds, our mosses, the swamplands with birds and more lowly creatures. As for us, we walked into the military strength of hunger and war for that land we still dream. As the ferry crossed the distance, or as the walkers left behind their loved ones, Think how we took with us our cats and kittens, the puppies we loved. We were innocent of what we faced along the trail. We took clothing, dishes, thinking there would be something to start a new life, believing justice lived in the world. And the horses, so many, one by one, stolen, taken by the many thieves. So have compassion for that land, at least. Every step we took was one away from the songs, old dances, memories, some of us dark and not speaking English, some of us white or married to the dark, or children of translators, the half-white, all of us watched by America, all of us longing for trees, for shade, homing, rooting even more for food along the hunger way. You would think those of us born later would fight for justice, for peace, for the new land, its trees being taken. You would think the struggle would be over between the two worlds in this place that is now our knowledge, our new belonging, our being. And we'd never again care for the notion of maps, or American wars, or the god of their sky. Thinking of those things we were forced to leave behind, living country, stolen home, the world measured inch by inch, mile by mile, hectares, all measurements, even the trail of our tears. With all the new fierce light, heat, drought, the missing water, you'd think in another red century, The old wisdom might exist if we considered enough that even before the new beliefs, we were once whole, but now our bodies and minds remain the measured geography. Again, that was Linda Hogan. In the church I'm a part of, the United Methodist Church, many are committed to raising awareness about the harm caused by sports teams that use mascots or symbols that disrespect Native Americans. There is still so much work to do in this area. But in 2006, the Commission on General Conference retracted Richmond, Virginia as the site of General Conference, having belatedly learned that the city's minor league baseball team was the Richmond Braves. And so they moved to another city, and I'm grateful for that witness. Terry Wildman is a local pastor in the United Methodist Church, and several years ago, while serving a local congregation, he had the idea of creating an indigenous Bible translation. He's been working with a publisher to translate the Bible into words and metaphors and concepts that are familiar to many Native Americans. Late this summer, InterVarsity Press released First Nations Version, an indigenous translation of the New Testament. I'm going to share with you the translation for a common scripture passage. Many of us know John chapter 3, verse 16, for God so loved the world. Hear now these words from the indigenous translation. The Great Spirit loves this world of human beings so deeply he gave us his Son, the only Son who fully represents him. All who trust in him and his way will not come to a bad end, but will have the life of the world to come that never fades away, full of beauty and harmony." Friends, as you continue to go this day and live your life, may you remember that you are good, that you are beloved, and that you are enough.